Good morning. Uh, I'm honored to be able to do this today. Um, I spent a little time going back over old notes and new notes and, and whatever. But uh, I look at it this way. We, we are gathered here today because we are either searching, we want to praise, we want to worship, we want fellowship, we want that experience with fellow believers. But I always have to remember that this building is not the church. You are the church. You are God's church. Without you, we don't even need this building. So I want you to kind of keep that perspective in mind that we as the body sometimes have some very difficult decisions to make and work through. We are currently in a situation of declining numbers and therefore declining support, both financially and physically. But we have something the world, everyone in the world can have, but usually rejects. That is, we have the Father, we have the Son, and we have the Holy Spirit. And as we term the Trinity. And to understand that no matter what is in this world, God is our source. He claims to be our source. He promises to be our source. He promises to be our provision. And as I was doing some, some reading of some older material I had, Watchman Nee made a comment. And he said, we have many resources in our life. And we need to use resources. But when we make the resource our source, that is idolatry. There is only one source, and that is our Lord, our Savior, God, the Trinity. So when you claim Jesus Christ as your Savior, you have a new spiritual beginning as we like to say in Christianity we're saved and what happens is we become and have the availability of the Holy Spirit placed within us so God is with us he never leaves us his promise he never forsakes us and we can always rely on him as our source There are several available means to us in our spiritual life that I think are important to just know. That you must seek and you will find. And you must ask and you will receive. So you might say, okay, how do I do this? It's not, it's not difficult. It takes a little discipline but you seek God's will and his way through the scriptures and through prayer. I have to put a question sign up here. When you start seeking, you will find. You may not like everything you find. And you may struggle. And you may have a struggle ahead of you. And, and you may be headed for not everything you ask for. 
but you have a guarantee. And that guarantee is success because Jesus paid the price for all of us. For our sins, for our salvation, he has made us the temple of the Holy Spirit who resides in us. And I was asked by Pastor Andrew to share briefly, that's a tough thing for me, to share briefly a, a witness of the power and the presence of Jesus in my life. I have done this on a few occasions with a few people. I think sometimes pride issues enter in and it has not always been easy to do that. Uh, I know that with the presence of Jesus in my life that he always has an answer for my issues and I believe he has an answer for all of our issues. But often we refuse to follow his advice. Some will call it unbelief. Some may be out of fear, out of pride, out of ignorance, stubbornness, family traditions, etc. You can fill in the blank for that. Everybody's got their reasons. The Lord still has the answer. So I'm going to read to you one of the most common scriptures concerning giving that God set forth in the book of Malachi, the last book of the prophets in the Old Testament. It's a common scene. We're all there. We've all been there. We all will be there. And that is Malachi is speaking for God, telling God's people, you have strayed. You're not doing what you're supposed to do. It's time to come back. He wants you. He loves you. So I'm going to start with uh, Malachi 6, or chapter 3, verse 6. And, and the, the, very, the very first verse, For I am the Lord, I do not change. That should be a comfort. Sometimes it's a frustration. Therefore, you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. Yet from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, in what way shall we return? Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for, for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it all. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fall to bear fruit, fail to bear fruit for you in the field. And all nations will call you blessed, 
for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. May the Lord's words be a blessing unto you at this point in time. This scripture meant a lot to me uh, and, and became very, very alive in me uh, during a time of much needed correction in my life. The tithe is not a part of the law of Moses. It is not legalistic. It is God's request to put him first, to believe and trust him, as he says, and test me. One of the only tests he asks for in the Bible. Test me if I will not pour out blessings from heaven. He didn't say money. He said, if I will not pour out blessings that you cannot contain. So we see the tithe as 10% uh, accepted as that. Uh, I always laugh because I said you can go to the New Testament and say, what did Jesus say about tithing? He didn't say a whole lot. He said, everything that's mine is yours, and everything that's yours is mine. And he told the rich young ruler, sell it all and give it away. I'm sticking to the tithe right now. <laughs> I, think it's, I, I think it's an alternative God has given us, but it's important. Uh, in Scripture, we see the use of, of the number 10. Uh, you know, when God tried to give the promised land to Moses, and they wouldn't go. So Joshua takes them in after 40 years of walking around the mountain. And, uh, you know, he says, there are 10 cities. I want all of the spoils from the first city in Jericho. And that is the tithe that you will pay me. And the other nine cities are all yours. All the rewards and riches that you take. And, of course, humans being humans, that didn't happen. Somebody kept some of the original 10%, which is kind of the way our lives tend to run. So tithing the 10%, it is always, always, always the first fruits. It's not the leftovers. How can God pour out blessings and show you how he is the source of your life if you don't get stretched a little bit from the beginning and say, 10%, I don't, I don't know if that fits in the budget. You make it fit in the budget. And then you let him have the glory when all of your needs are met. And you didn't see how that could happen. Uh, I did that. I did that at a time where financially... A young professional shouldn't have problems. They ought to have ample money, but sometimes you get two mortgages, sometimes you have cars, sometimes you have children, sometimes you have, in my case, more than one wife and been through that. And, and uh, finances were very, very difficult. Built a new building, just, just, I could, the numbers don't matter, but they were significant. And. I had known about these scriptures. I had good friends that had talked to me about these things. And I couldn't pull the trigger. But I did. And I can, I can tell you that as a witness in my life, 
that once I did, the rewards were significant and blessings are still coming. And I became debt free in two years, financially debt free, no mortgages, no payments, no nothing. And I couldn't see my way around that. I could not, but it happened. It gave me a much greater understanding of his love for me. It really changed my heart in giving. And I had more trust, less unbelief, which is a process of the heart. And once that's touched, it'll make a difference in your life. I don't mean to say I was delivered from all my problems. Most of you that know me, we all have problems. But it allowed me to believe in an outcome with a personal walk, to know that he was with me. Not only with me, the Holy Spirit was in me. And he was my source and, and could make magical things happen. Was my walk perfect? Heck no. Uh, but it was blessed, and it is blessed to this day. And uh, God has, has given us that biblical way for this body to survive in this time and all times of need. I would ask you, in this time of stewardship, to examine what that scripture says and to try it. I know he will not let you down. I don't know what he will do for you. That's up to him and you. But I know he will lead you. And, and, and it, you will be successful in what you are doing. Um, so my counsel is seek him, ask him, and be obedient to his word. Thank him for his presence, his faithfulness, and his grace to which he so freely gives each and every believer. As we enter this time of budgets and stewardship, I ask you to consider the tithe. It will change your finances, but more importantly, it will change your heart and it will change your life. And you can truly live a blessed life. Thank you. Thank you, Dick, for those words. Um, I was thinking about giving this week, of course, uh, and I, I had this memory of a friend of mine uh, who had gone to a very, very large church, one of those churches we all know about. Um, and when they gave money at that church, uh, they said, give your gift to God, and they gave the money, and then they never saw it again. Um, never got a sense of where it was going, never got a sense of how the money was used. Um, and so she then started going to a disciples congregation, a, a smaller congregation like ours, uh, and she was amazed at the end of the year when the whole congregation was presented with a budget that said exactly where all of the money was going. Um, she couldn't believe it. The congregation, the people were being shown where the money, where the gifts were spent. And we, of course, do that. 
Uh, at the end of this season, we will present a budget with the details of where your gifts go, whether you want to know or not. You can know in this church where our gifts go, how they are spent. And I was amazed to discover this when I thought of this because I was researching this Malachi passage where God says, uh, go back to tithing. And it turns out that one of the reasons why the people of Israel had stopped tithing had to do with the temple system itself. There was corruption. People didn't trust the religious leaders. And you can imagine that there wasn't a lot of transparency. And at the same time, they saw the most marginalized in society being neglected, the widows and orphans, as Malachi says elsewhere. And I will say, this is one of those reasons why we vote on a budget every year. Because we do want everybody to see where the money goes. To programs, to staff, to the bills that keep the building open, and of course to mission, to helping those in need. And we as a church, even as money gets tight, the church continues to tithe to missions. That is a priority of our leadership. And one of the identified values of this church is stewardship. And we are continuing, we talked about this last week at lunch, to, to explore ways of using our building to serve folks in our community. Because we have to keep paying for the building. We can't really stop keeping it up. That's not really an option. But we have begun exploring the idea of, are there ways that we can defer the cost while also serving our neighbors? because that would be great stewardship of the property. And so while, when you give to this church, when you fill out your pledge card, prayerfully, of course, I hope you know that the money doesn't go into some invisible coffer, although I will keep asking the board for a private jet. But the resources we give go to support the ministries that we all put effort into. You know, when Amanda and I got married uh, eight years ago now, uh, one of the challenges we had was blending our bank accounts. Um, not everybody blends a bank account when they get married. A lot of people maintain two, but I'm going to tell you all, I am so bad with money. I am so bad with money that it made way, way, way more sense to take my money and put it in her control than it would leaving it in mine. I'm happy to tell you all that that is the way that, that we work. But one of the things that we've always committed to is giving. Now, we make a, a gift to this church every month. We have it set up as an automated gift. You all can do that if you didn't know on our online giving. It will just take it out of your bank account automatically every single month so that we don't forget about it. But I've also loved that, uh, and I'm always amazed by this, Amanda sets aside money in our budget to give to surprise things. So when there is a natural disaster and we make an appeal here to give to Week of Compassion, Amanda will often say, why don't we give $100 to help that? And I'm always like, we have $100? Where did that come from? But it's a way in which we have committed to being able to live out our faith not just through action, but through the gifts that we are able to give. And of course, our giving comes out of our gratitude for God's blessing in our life. But I will also say that we don't give to things that we don't believe in. We want our offering to have an effect. 
to be about God's kingdom in the world. And that's one of the reasons we choose to give to this church. Because we recognize that the people in this community care. As I said, even as the budget gets tighter each year, the leadership is committed to tithing part of what we bring in to local ministries like transitional housing, like the YWCA, like Lafayette Urban Ministries, like Food Finders. We are still one of the most generous churches in the Indiana region to the Disciples Ministries, which supports seminary students, which supports immigration ministries, which supports global ministries. And people here, we see it every week. People here care about one another. And so our gifts, when we think about stewardship, are for God. But those gifts are to be used for God's purposes. And that's what this church tries to do. And so these next few weeks, we're going to talk a bit more about how this church is seeking to live God's mission in our community. And as we continue to consider our own gifts for the church, I do hope that you will prayerfully consider what you are able to give in this next year. And as you fill out your pledge card, we'd like to have it returned by the beginning of November so that we can be working on a budget for this upcoming year. And whatever you give, know that what we also need is your continued support in volunteer hours. Your continued support... I don't think people understand the value of words of encouragement, not just to the people who work here, but to one another, to the ways we uplift each other. And of course, prayer is always appreciated. We don't really do anything around here without God. Nothing we do will bear fruit, as the passage today said. And so as we consider our own gifts, as you make the personal decision of what you will pledge for this upcoming year, know that we are praying for you as well. So let us pray. Oh, holy and gracious God, we lift up to you today all that we are, knowing that you can take what we have and make it into great things. That you take our energy, our effort, our resources, and that you can direct them towards love and mercy and compassion in a way that has a real effect in the world. So we pray today that you might continue to be with us, that you might go with us and guide us and lead us. And we pray that you might give us willing and bold hearts that proclaim your good news to all people. We pray all these things in your name. Amen.